Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis, and I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we have got a lot of different ridiculous stories to dive into, but we begin with what I think is the most ridiculous story I've seen in sports in a long time. Earlier this morning, overseas in the Olympics, Simone Biles, the best Olympian on the U.S. women's gymnastics team, pulled herself out of competition because she said she didn't feel right mentally. Her team went on to lose to Russia and get the silver medal. Since this happened, somehow, Blue Check Twitter has decided that Simone Biles is heroic and courageous and praiseworthy for quitting on her team And I know there are all sorts of wild opinions in Blue Check Brigade Twitter that end up being the consensus opinion but I gotta be honest with you this is one of the craziest I've ever seen as it pertains to the world of sports. So let's leave aside Simone Biles for a moment. Just talk about some past sports stories that many of us are familiar with. In 1994 Scottie Pippen refused to take the floor to uh, play for the Chicago Bulls against the Knicks. That was nearly 30 years ago. Pippen refused to take the floor because the final shot play design had been designed for Tony Kukoc and not him. He went and sat on the bench and left his team out there on the court. By the way, Tony Kukoc hit the shot and the Bulls went on to win that game. Scottie Pippen nearly 30 years later is still apologizing for that decision. And the decision came from immense competitive drive. He felt he was the leader of the team and that he should get the final shot in that situation and when he wasn't given the final shot in that situation he refused to play. He's been justifiably crushed for nearly three decades for that decision but again at its root this was about competition. Can you imagine what the reaction would be if Michael Jordan or LeBron James set out of Game 7 of the NBA Finals after starting being completely healthy and saying I just didn't feel mentally right I couldn't handle the pressure. Can you imagine what we would say about them quitting on their team? Can you imagine if Tom Brady when the New England Patriots had gotten down 28-3 to had decided to wave out and had not continued to play in the Super Bowl think about how much we would crush Tom Brady. Think about how much we crushed Jay Cutler in the NFC Championship game for having a significant knee injury and standing on the sideline and not playing. LaDainian Tomlinson not playing. How about Cam Newton just not trying to dive on the football late in his game against the Denver Broncos? 
We crush male athletes anytime we see them giving anything less than 100% effort in team sports. We destroy them. We hold them to a high standard as not only individual athletes extraordinaire but also as teammates. The reason that most of us put our kids in sports is not because we think they are going to grow up and become pro athletes. It's to teach the values that are instilled by athletic competition. Teamwork. What being a teammate means. How to work as hard as you can and sometimes still lose. How to win. How to lose. How to continue to pick yourself back up even after you meet with failure. The reason why I put my kids in sports and the reason why you probably put your kids in sports or played sports yourself is not because you are an elite athlete but because we believe and I think we are correct that sports instill and inculcate important values in children that later pay off when we all become adults. That is why we play sports. And the very foundational essence of sports certainly from a team perspective is that you are going to lift up your teammates that you aren't going to quit. I don't know how many of you have been on a team where the biggest star just decides to not play on the brightest and biggest stage because he or she doesn't feel right and doesn't want to play. But in my experience I've never seen that happen at any level of sports that I have played in and also if it did happen your teammates would rightfully judge you for quitting on the team and not giving your full measure to the team at that point in time. Now look I coach Little League sports but recently my 10-year-old didn't want to pitch because he said he had a hurt finger. Could still play quarterback could still bat. I'm not telling him anything different telling you anything different than I told him. They need, we needed him to pitch in the game. He said he couldn't because his finger hurt. I said okay. So he played in the game at shortstop he batted he played the whole game. We lost a narrow defeat because another pitcher had to come in because he couldn't go and he gave up uh, a couple of hits and we gave up the winning run there. And after the game I sat with my son and I said same thing that I'm telling you now. I think it's an important life lesson. Hey I'm disappointed in you because I think you could have played and I could think you could have helped your team and you chose not to. Now you're 10. You're going to get to make all sorts of decisions for the rest of your life about when and where you can and cannot perform. Whether it's in the office whether it's in your life whether it's with any other sports still to come. I said I don't care very much about results. What I care about is effort. I want you and your brothers to try as hard as you possibly can to represent your teams and yourself to the best of your ability. And I said you can tell me if I'm wrong but I don't think you did that in tonight's game. And that disappoints me. If you had come in and you had given up five home runs in a row and you had been trying your best I'm never going to ever judge you by results. I'm going to judge you by effort. If you get straight A's and you never have to work you need to be in a harder school. 
if you never have to push yourself to the limits then you're not going to grow. And this is something that took me a long time to learn. Because I think usually most of us coast. We don't push ourselves to the limits of our abilities. We don't try to find that next frontier and advance and personally grow. It's easier to continue to do what you know you're already good at. But sports teaches us that failure is good. Losing isn't the end result. At some point you may push yourself beyond where you thought you could go and that opens up new horizons for you. That to me is the essence of sports. I'm going to give 100% of my effort. You may or may not like this show. You may or may not like my website. You may or may not like my radio show. You may or may not like what I say on television on any given day or any given night. But I am giving my entirety in every performance that I try to put forward. Doesn't mean that I'm perfect. May not even mean that you think I'm any good at all. But that is what I am striving for. From the moment I started writing online my goal was to do as well as I could from a writing perspective from the moment I started doing radio from the moment I started doing television I wanted to expand. When I wrote books I wanted to expand. I wanted to reach for something larger. And so the Simone Biles story to me is about making quitting not only acceptable but heroic. Praiseworthy. Evidence of how brave she is. Simone Biles can quit. She never has to compete again if she doesn't want to. But she quit on her team in the middle of the biggest event that they will have in five years. Her performance and or failure to perform may well have cost her team the gold medal. And she brought this pressure onto herself by labeling herself as the GOAT the greatest of all time on her unitard or leotard or whatever the heck it's called. She literally put a GOAT on it. And then she quit on her team in the process by the way taking away an opportunity from another athlete that would have loved to represent the United States in Tokyo. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I don't like the idea that we are holding Simone Biles to a different standard than we would Scottie Pippen 30 years ago. To a different standard than Michael Jordan. To a different standard than LeBron James or Tom Brady. If you think you are the GOAT then as a team player you should have to perform as the GOAT. And if you don't If you fail, that's fine. None of us are perfect but quitting is unacceptable. And I am stunned by the number of people out there I see saying oh this is so brave of her this is so courageous of her to quit in the middle of the biggest competition of most of her teammates' lives. That is not brave. That is not courageous. That is, to me, the exact opposite of those adjectives. Now, she has the right to do anything she wants as an individual but I think this also builds upon the larger failures of social media and the way it defines what is and what is not heroic. Most sports fans the vast majority of sports fans 
agree with me right now. Most sports writers, the vast majority of sports writers agree with me right now. Most sports media agree with me right now. So many of them are terrified to say anything like what I am saying right now because they are afraid of the blue checkmark brigade coming after them. Look, you can agree or disagree with every opinion that I have. But what I try to do every single day is treat every single person the exact same. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, male, female, religious, non-religious, American, not American. It doesn't matter to me. A standard of behavior and precedent should be set. If we are going to praise Tom Brady and Michael Jordan as what I think is fairly the two greatest American team sport athletes of all time then we would hold them to a high standard of performance. We should be doing the same thing to Simone Biles. Think about what the media would say if Tom Brady had not come out at halftime of a Super Bowl because the pressure had gotten too big for him. Think about what would have happened if Michael Jordan hadn't shown up for one of his Game 7s and think about how the media would have reacted. What has changed such that quitting is now considered heroic? We have totally devalued what true heroism is in this country. All of us have individual agency to make choices in our life as we see fit. But not all of them are brave. Not all of them are heroic. And almost never in the world of athletics is quitting either brave or heroic. I think Simone Biles made a poor decision. I think she should apologize to her teammates for quitting on them at the moment that they needed her most. And I think her teammates probably, if they like her, should accept that apology. That should be between them though. What we know beyond a shadow of a doubt is when they needed her the most as teammates, she wasn't there for them. And that represents a fundamental breach of the most important aspect of team sports. That you are going to be there giving your greatest effort to the fullest extent of your ability. When her teammates needed her the most, Simone Biles wasn't there. I'm still fired up about this, by the way. Uh, And I think this is one reason why Olympics viewership is tanking. Now, there's others. The overseas uh, time slots are difficult. I don't think NBC is doing a good job making it easy to figure out what sports are on and when they are on. I think that's creating a lot of difficulty. Um, I think certainly people don't like watching things if they think it might be taped. But the larger issue is it doesn't feel like the Olympics because there isn't a great American spirit it doesn't feel to me behind this Olympics team. William Roden who writes at ESPN said he was, uh, he was upset when he saw the American flag in the ceremony of nations. Uh, there are many people out there who want to denigrate America some of whom are athletes themselves. Megan Rapino and her U.S. women's soccer teammates have gone from some of the favored athletes in the history of America to some of the disfavored athletes such that many people were rooting for Sweden to beat them and don't find any joy at all in the U.S. women competing for a gold medal. The U.S. men's basketball team has over the past couple of years denigrated American values and institutions to a large extent such that many people enjoyed seeing them humbled when France beat them or when Australia did and Nigeria did in an exhibition match. It isn't fun 
to watch American athletes and have Simone Biles as the most well-known decide to quit on her team when it feels like many athletes have also quit on America leaving many fans to quit on America. The Olympics when I was a kid was about American exceptionalism. I remember getting the newspaper and aggressively every morning checking the medal count in 1988 I believe it was in Seoul, South Korea to see whether or not the United States was going to end up with the most medals of any country competing in 1988. Why did I do that? Because I so deeply loved America that I wanted my love of America to translate into wins inside of the Olympics. Now I'm a lot older than a lot of you watching and listening to this. I'm 42. I was 9 years old in 1988. I was obsessed with American exceptionalism being reflected in our dominance of all different types of athletic events. I wanted Carl Lewis to beat Ben Johnson badly because I wanted the fastest man in the world to be from America and not from Canada. That mattered to me in a big way. I'm not sure that it matters as much to as many Americans today as it did to me in 1988. And I think that's because so many American athletes and so many American politicians and so many Americans in general have stripped away the joy of being an American. They've tried to tell us that we aren't the most exceptional country in the history of the free world. That American institutions and values aren't important to spread around to every corner of the globe. They've done their best to denigrate America often at the behest of Chinese and Russian propagandists using our athletes against us and dividing us internally when we should be strong we're too busy fighting against each other to notice how often we're getting punched in the back of the head by China. And so it doesn't surprise me that the Olympics viewership has tanked because what we share as Americans has never been less common. I think this is the most divisive time to live in America in my life and I think unfortunately the Olympics reflect that reality. Aaron Rodgers, speaking of divisive, is back with the Packers. He showed up with a man bun in a uh, Kevin from the office t-shirt which I gotta admit was pretty funny. Walked in in flip-flops and shorts. One more year, the last dance style for the Green Bay Packers. Randall Cobb, his old buddy, wide receiver, rolling up to Green Bay to join him. Devontae Adams, one last go-around in Green Bay for a true near goat of his time even though I doubt Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing with a goat on his jersey and I doubt even more if he were playing with a goat on his jersey that he would ever decide midway through a game where he was trying to win a Super Bowl that he didn't want to play anymore because the pressure was too much for him. And I also know what would happen if that did occur. Rightfully, all of us who value and love sports would rain down derision and ridicule on Aaron Rodgers for quitting in a big game. Just like we would Tom Brady or LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Simone Biles does it and it's heroic and it's praiseworthy. Maybe it's because we hold women to a lower standard which if I was a woman would insult me when it comes to the greatest of all time in the world of sports. But I also think it's just reflective of this era we live in today where no matter what your chosen identity chooses to do there are people out there who will unfortunately 
defend you. Which brings me to Deshaun Watson. The NFL has a ridiculous indefensible COVID policy. They're trying to distinguish between vaccinated and unvaccinated people even if you look at the data that's coming out of the most vaccinated countries in the world Iceland, uh, Israel, and England and it shows us that the efficacy of the vaccines rapidly is declining and that if we continue to have the same policies in place for positive tests for young healthy athletes you're probably going to have to cancel or postpone a lot of football games again this fall. But Deshaun Watson somehow is held to a different standard. 22 different women have accused him of civil sexual assault. Those trials are pending. Those are 22 different women mostly minorities. 10 different women have gone to the Houston Police Department including two women who didn't even file civil lawsuits accusing Deshaun Watson of criminal sexual assault. That means in total there are 24 different women that have accused Deshaun Watson of sexually assaulting them. The NFL hasn't done anything to him. I guess Deshaun Watson is lucky at least he's got his vaccine otherwise he might be dangerous for the league. By the way the idea that COVID is the most dangerous thing that NFL players are facing is madness. CTE is rampant among former NFL players whose brains have been fried by beating the crap out of each other for decades on the gridiron. Every single play and snap almost there are significant injuries that are occurring certainly every single drive. Far more dangerous to the average NFL player is the game of football itself than COVID. So why in the world is the NFL embracing all this cosmetic theater? And how in the world is Deshaun Watson better off when it comes to playing in the NFL to be accused of raping 24 different women than to have failed to get a COVID vaccine? I'm going to come off the top rope on the CDC here momentarily but first I want to tell you about my friends at Manscaped. Uh, let me uh, let me hop in here and tell you why Manscaped is so incredibly important. First of all it's hot guy summer. As you can well tell by looking at your boy how could anybody be better looking? And what you need to make sure is that you've got all of the products in front of you to help make hot guy summer a reality. Right now you can get hooked up in a big way alright? You can get hooked up in a monster way by being able to dive into the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 here I'm going out to Las Vegas. I'm going to be using this product in advance because I'm going to the pool and I don't want to look like a barbarian. And so as a result I got the Lawnmower 4.0. I got the Ultra Smooth Package. I'm going to take care of myself. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a fourth generation and it will hook you up with taking your uh, below the belt game to the next level. And right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DBAP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DBAP20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Uh, CDC says unfortunately by the way get hooked up today. The CDC says unfortunately that masks are back. Kindergarten through 12th grade vaccinated as well. Look 
I'm going to be straightforward with you because there are so few people in the media who are willing to be straightforward with you. And what I'm telling you is probably a month maybe two months in advance of what most of the ignoramuses in the media are telling you. So listen closely. The data reflects out of Israel that the Pfizer vaccine provides roughly 38 or 39% effectiveness against the Delta variant of COVID. That means it is less than half likely from keeping you from getting COVID, right? Initially we were told and I think they sold us the idea that if that if you were uh, able to get this vaccine and again I'll still say it over 65 years old you should get the vaccine same thing I told my parents but if you got the vaccine we were told effectively 95% effective and everybody out there if we got the vaccine we were sold basically on the idea of COVID zero that the vaccine would do to COVID what it does for instance to smallpox or measles, mumps, rubella uh, to, uh, to all of these viruses polio that the vaccine would effectively eradicate the risk of that virus existing and that was why it's so important to get the vaccine. What we are now seeing is a massive number of breakthrough cases. Now the positive here is if you get the vaccine and you're elderly then it appears that you are able to protect yourself from the worst results. But what we are dealing with with COVID and I want to make this clear COVID is going to become like the flu in my opinion based on looking at the data. It is not going to get eradicated like smallpox or polio or measles and mumps and rubella with the vaccines that you might get for those viruses. Instead it's going to become endemic. It's going to continue to circulate on a seasonal basis. There are going to be yearly shots probably boosters much like exists for the flu today and the best response is going to be if you are elderly or if you have suppressed immune systems then it is probably safer for you to get the virus and be able to protect yourself going forward as best you can. But the idea that masks make a difference or that kids who are not primary vectors of the spread of the disease and have not and will not historically based on the data have any significant consequences from COVID should be wearing masks is madness. Masks do not provide any if at all significant protection. If they did there would be a massive difference in what might have happened in California or New York instead of Texas or Florida. What we have seen instead is nationwide a very similar rate of infection whether there are lockdowns or no lockdowns whether there are masks or no masks. Why is that? It's a highly transmissible virus that fortunately is not very dangerous or deadly to most young and healthy people. So get vaccinated if you are over the age of 65 but we cannot continue with this cosmetic theater. It is well past time to return to 100% normalcy and not continue with the kabuki theater of all of these restrictions rearing their ugly heads again. Your kids don't need masks in school. My kids don't need masks in school. No one needs masks on airplanes or at airports. COVID isn't going anywhere. We have to learn to live with it just like we have to learn to live with the flu. I am Clay Travis. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did 
click subscribe on the podcast you can watch us on YouTube you can watch us on Facebook and Twitter uh, and Instagram we're everywhere I'll be on Fox News a little bit later today I'd also encourage you to make sure you don't miss the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show the biggest radio show anywhere in the country airing from 12 to 3 Eastern 11 to 2 Central 10 to 1 Mountain 9 to Noon West Coast all 50 states 400 plus the most listened to radio show anywhere in the United States of America. Go sign up for that as well and give us five stars. I am Clay Travis and this has been Outkick the show DBAP unless you need to SBAP and thank you YouTube for always having the best and funniest comments. I love you guys.